0: Investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends, and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Well, 2023 is well and truly underway. Holidays are certainly over, school's back, work's back, sport's back, and um, unfortunately so is Melbourne's traffic. Um, So I thought school was an interesting one to have a chat about today um, and how it relates to the property market. We certainly have many discussions um, with clients about buying in school zones. It's quite often with different motivations from different people, um, but I thought it was certainly something worth exploring a little bit further and, and how the school zones affect property values in each area. Um, so as always with buying property, the motivation when you are looking to do it needs to be clearly defined. So what is the purpose of this purchase? Are we buying it as a home or are we, are we buying as an investment property? Um, and certainly the benefits for purchasing a home within a school zone are quite clear. It's usually for a family need um, and if you've got multiple children that are, are going to gain the ability to um, get a fantastic education, uh, and then, it's, then it's clearly going to be beneficial um, at a reasonable uh, cost. Now, clearly, the, the lifestyle um, is one of the, the major attributes, which I don't think gets focused on enough in terms of buying a, um, in a school zone. By nature of buying in the zone, you're going to be close to the school, um, which means it's a lot easier to access the school. Once kids get a bit older, they can get to and from school themselves. So the commute is much, much shorter, and therefore they don't spend as much time on public transport getting around. Um, and if there's any extracurricular activities um, that are to be going on after school, before school or on weekends, again, you're going to be relatively close. So it helps from that perspective. And generally, your friends are going to be closer by. Quite often with, say, private schools, um, kids can be scattered all over in a suburban location. So by being in a, in a particular school zone, you're going to be much closer. Now the other obvious one is obviously the saving that um you won't have to have the private school fees that um that others will be will be paying and and what else could those fees be put towards um it might be as simple as By um, not having to pay private school fees, you're able to afford to purchase within the school zone um, because they can create um, or demand uh, significant premiums. Or it might give you the ability to, uh, to renovate a home or perhaps do an extension, that sort of thing. Or perhaps look to invest property that you may look to use to set yourself up for retirement but also to potentially help children get into the property market at some stage down the track. Uh, when you're saving f- as much as thirty thousand dollars or more per year per child, obviously that's a f- fairly significant saving, particularly when it's after tax. Um, and it could, or it could be just as simple as being able to go on an extra holiday a year um, with your family. So there's a, there's a number of of benefits um, of buying within a school zone from a home perspective. But what about from an investment point of view? And is, there, is it a good strategy to adopt? And that's, again, quite often a conversation that we have. People look at it and think, well, maybe that's that's something that I can do and then rent it out and, and get a, a, a premium rental achieved as well. Um, so I thought the easiest way to, to look at this from an investment point of view is to go down the pros v cons track and um, and then we can analyse it out and see if it is beneficial. So from a positive perspective, as I said, it is likely that you will um, gain strong tenant demand by having a property within a school zone because those that perhaps can't afford to purchase within the zone will be looking for another avenue to get their children into the school. Um, and as demand for a, a really good quality education has never been stronger, we're seeing that Continuously, with the amount of articles you see in the paper. Um, When you see the increased transparency around, say, metrics and and how school performance is measured, it's a lot easier for parents to be able to look back and look down and say, okay, well, according to these metrics, we've got this one's a really good school versus that one perhaps not getting the same reputation. And when you factor in the high and only growing private school fees, um, many parents are really looking for um, affordable alternatives. So there is going to be consistently strong demand for properties, not just from a purchasing point of view, but also from a renting point of view, which is which is a positive thing for buying in those areas. Um, and so there should be good prospects for demand, um, particularly and, and limited supply, particularly given that most of these properties um, and most of these school zones are in established suburbs. And because they're in established suburbs, there's not likely to be increased supply. And providing the school maintains its reputation, the demand should be pretty consistent as well. So demand to get into these areas um, should be good. So that's, that's obviously a positive as well. Now, if we look at it from a negative point of view, what are, what are some of the concerns that we might have? Look, a highly regarded school um, doesn't develop its reputation overnight. It takes a lot of time, potentially decades, um, to get to a point where it's really highly regarded and highly sought after. And as a result of that, It's more than likely that the values are going to have appreciated pretty substantially over time as well. So you're going to be needing to pay that premium to get in. If you're fortunate enough to already own something in a school zone that's then developed over time, well then yeah, absolutely, you're going to be ahead of the game and that's going to be beneficial for you as well. Um, One of the key risks, though, that I think is that um, buying a a buying into or buying an investment property that is heavily reliant on one factor to really drive its performance, um, and it's why when we talk to a lot of our investor clients, that we always talk about buying a property that's got multifaceted demand. So when we look at say terrace houses, we always talk about well, if they've got the capacity, first home buyers will like them, upgraders from an apartment will like them, downsizers like them because they're small and from low maintenance, and investors like them because they they uh, have good tenant demand as well. But When you're looking at it from one key factor and it's heavily reliant on the school zone, um, if something changes, then that could significantly impact on the value of your property. So, things like if the school zone was altered, now typically you don't find that the whole zone is going to change and they're going to pick it up and put it somewhere else. But certainly from time to time, streets can come and go from being within the school zone. And if where you've purchased is right on the fringe, you could very easily find that your property is no longer within the school zone and the value could drop 15, 20% depending upon what the um, the neighbouring schools are, are considered to be like. Um, or if perhaps there is a neighbouring school that starts to develop a really good reputation um, and it starts to outperform and perhaps even outshine the school that you've, um, you've purchased in that zone, and that can um, start to diminish the, the value of property in and around the area as well. Um, Or perhaps it's something along the lines of there's a change in leadership at the school. Now, a lot of these schools um, are developed by senior teachers, senior headmasters, headmistresses, principals that um, have really developed a really strong culture. Brought in good teachers because they've wanted to be involved there and created a great environment for kids to learn in. And if something's to change in that regard, and then that's that that um, and they leave, well, then the reputation can start to drop. Perhaps the um, the demand to be in that school zone is not as strong, and therefore values start to be um, impacted as well. Um, or there could be something as dramatic as a um, a school scandal that could impact on the, the school's reputation, and that could again. Um, impact on demand levels for people wanting to be in there. So these are all things that when you are heavily reliant on one element to buying an investment property um, that you need to be mindful of. Um, the other thing from an investor's perspective, obviously, is that you want to have really good tenant demand. That's, that's a key component to it. Um, and the type of tenant that you're naturally going to attract with buying in a school zone is families. That's what you want. And, and as a result of that, you are going to need a lot, lar- your, your property needs to be larger, um, which is therefore going to be more expensive and it probably is going to require a bit more maintenance as well. So you're going to be looking at a property probably as a bare minimum of three bedrooms, but preferably perhaps four or even five. Um, most likely on a larger block of land, um, so it's got a bit of a backyard, that sort of thing. And the expectation from a tenancy point of view, as we're seeing more and more, but definitely in a, in a family scenario, is that it's going to have a fairly modern fit out, or it's going to need to be um, of recent construction itself. And what this is going to mean is that the value of the property is obviously going to be significantly higher. Um, and do you really want to have that amount of money tied up in one single asset, um, as opposed to being able to diversify it, perhaps? Um, And then you need to look at, well, as a result of having that higher value house on the property, um, am I going to get the growth that I would really want to get? Um, The need for a larger renovator house, what that means is that the land to improvements ratio is probably not going to be where you really want it to be. Uh, It's more likely that you'll have a probably 50-50 split of land to improvements in terms of the overall value. And unfortunately, it's not the improvements that grow in value; it's the land. Tenants definitely pay for the improvements. That's what they're after, but that's not where you're going to get your capital appreciation from. Um, so you should get a higher rent, but given that the high value of the total of the total property, your yield is probably going to be fairly minimal because it's going to be such a valuable asset. So what other assets? What other things could you look at? Well, perhaps perhaps you could consider looking at a townhouse. You tend to find in a lot of these areas that apartments aren't an option, and they're not really going to attract families anyway, but perhaps a townhouse could be something you could consider because maybe the tenants don't need uh, much of a backyard and the accommodation is still going to be there. You could still get a three or four bedroom townhouse. Um, so the rental return should still be pretty good on something like that, um, but the growth rate isn't going to be as great due to the limited demand component and the high value of the improvements that you've got. So we've got to factor that in as well. So these are all things that you just need to consider when when making this decision. Now, most of these highly regarded schools um, or school zones, I should say, tend to be in suburban locations by nature. They are uh, that's where larger, a larger proportion of families tend to tend to dwell. But there are some really good inner city schools um, and schools that have got um, they've developed really strong reputations um, and demand to be within their schools over time, their school zones over time. And that's areas like say, or schools like University High School in Parkville, um, Princess Hill in Secondary College in Princess Hill, Carlton North um, and even Northcote High School has really started to come along in the last five to ten years as well. Um, the thing with these schools is though that the demand for property in these areas is not heavily reliant or as heavily reliant on those that are solely attracted to the school zones. Suburbs like Parkfield, North Melbourne, Carlton North, Northcote, these are really highly regarded locations with a much wider range of demand from prospective buyers than just families. So it tends to mean that the premiums that are being paid for properties inside the school zone um, compared to outside the school zone is not perhaps at the same level or the same amount above as what you would find in some of the suburban locations where more of the demand is focused on the school zone. Just an interesting thing to note. Um, So there's a bit to think about there, and as always, the priority when you are buying property needs to be to, to determine what the purpose of the purchase is. And is this purchase going to help me to achieve my goals? So from an investment perspective, it's financial independence. Um, and from a, uh, a home buyer perspective, is it going to give myself and my family the lifestyle that I'm, uh, that I'm looking for? So That's about it for today's episode. Um, thank you very much for joining me for um, episode 48 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, please feel free to share the podcast with family, friends, and on all social media channels. And If you'd like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.